listening to the LIF Podcast with Pat. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to the LIF Podcast with Pat. Uh, today, you know, I have a special guest, my sister-in-law, uh, Coach Rogers, uh, DJ Dez. I mean, she got a bunch of different names, but uh, Destiny Rogers, wel- welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and a major shout out to you and what you're doing. I feel like you're bringing valuable information to our youth um, and interviewing a lot of really good people. So, major shout out to what you're doing with your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it, sis, for coming on. Uh, this is fun for me. It's something that you know is just it's fun for me to do. So, if I can reach one person, I reach somebody. So, uh, thank Absolutely. you for coming on. Um, just give the audience, you know, a little introduction about yourself, like where you're from, and and stuff like that. Well, I am from Strong, Arkansas, which is about a population of 600 people. Uh, grew up there my whole life. Um, my ninth and 10th grade year, we won a state championship at the 2A level in Arkansas. And then my junior year, uh, my dad got the head coaching job for girls basketball at Camden Fairview. And we went there and were fortunate enough to win two more state championships. Um, so me and my cousin Jasmine Cancer, and I think there was like one or two other people in Arkansas were the only people that won four state championships in Arkansas. So that's pretty cool. Um, and after I graduated high school, I went on to the University of Central Arkansas uh, to play. And we won a conference championship my senior year, um, which was really good because I was able to do that with my sister, which I know we'll get into that. Um, and then also, after I graduated from Central Arkansas, I stayed at Central Arkansas, I was an assistant coach for four years. Um, my fourth year there in 2016, we won the conference tournament championship. And we went to the NCAA tournament and played Louisville. Uh, so that, that was a remarkable moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, I went down to El Dorado High School and was a head coach there for three years. Um, I think the record was something like 48 and 21, something like that. And my first year, we went to the semifinals of the state tournament. We were six points away from being in the finals. So I thought that that was a really cool thing my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. after my completion at El Dorado, Coach Matt Daniel called me to come be an assistant coach at Arkansas State. Um, we had a rough year. We weren't um, as good as we wanted to be. Um, but, you know, we, we lost some coaches during the year, so we were short-staffed. You know, I, I just put my head down and worked and fortunate enough to say that, you know, I was elevated to associate head coach about a week or two ago. So things are going really well. Man, I'm so happy for you and uh, proud of you, you know, for the grind that you put in, the work you put in. And your journey is, is a crazy story for sure. So we'll, we'll start from the beginning of you as being a player. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you played high school. You said, you know, you had all that success. You played for your dad, which is amazing. And then, you know, you, you decided to go to, to Central Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, you know, your, your journey throughout Central Arkansas. Um, of course, your first couple of years. And then, you know, you had much success later on. Uh, as teams and also you know you play with your sister there so uh, just talk a little bit about that dynamic you know me and Desiree and a couple of our couple other of our family members our cousins Brittany Alexis Jazz close friend Miranda we all grew up playing ball together um so obviously it was a dream for us to go to school together so a lot of people don't know this but Jasmine Cancer actually went to Central Arkansas as well with me um so we were at UCA together um my first year um I was a really good player I was actually on track to be the freshman of the year. And then I made a really bad mistake and got into some trouble and I got kicked off the team. 
Um, so I had to go to JUCO for a year. So while I was at JUCO for a year, my sophomore year, my sister Desiree came in as a freshman. Um, so I, I want to let you guys know that about my story because to the younger generation, um, you're going to make mistakes. Now, hopefully you don't make the same mistakes I've made, but some, sometimes you're going to make mistakes. It's what you do with those mistakes. Do you allow those mistakes to keep you down or do you get up and you keep swinging? And I chose to go to JUCO for a year, get my life together, um, and, and I was able to come back to Central Arkansas. And things have been great ever since. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what happens, don't let it keep you down. Make sure you get up and you keep swinging. Um, so when I came back, I was able to play with my sister, which was a dream come true. Uh, and my senior year, we won a conference championship together. So it was super cool to play with her. Like I said, we grew up playing ball together. It was always a dream of ours. So to win a championship with her again uh, at the college level as well was really amazing for us. I know that's that's a dream right there, uh, especially, you know, y'all started, like you said, y'all been kids playing ball together. And then you go all the way, you know, play at college. You get through the adversity, you know, mistakes. Like you say, everybody makes mistakes, but it's how you come back from them. And uh, you was blessed enough to still be able to, you know, go back and play at UCA and then play with your sister and be successful. Um, so after that, you know, you you end up crossing over into coaching. Like, is that what you even wanted to do? Or is that, you know, I mean, it just kind of came. Yeah, so I, I didn't want to coach at first. I actually wanted to follow in my mother's footsteps and be a speech language pathologist. But I learned very quickly after taking a sign language class that that was not the course that I wanted to take. <laughs> Um, so I quickly got out of that. Um, and, and some more advice that I would give to the younger generation is whenever you're going to college or you're trying to decide on your future or what degree to get, make sure that you're firm in what you want to do. If you want to be a nurse, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a physical therapist, make sure that you get in the necessary courses that you need to get in. You stick with that. Um, I came from a JUCO and some of my courses weren't transferring. So they kind of just stuck me in a, a health science field, um, just so I could continue playing. Now, I was able to use the degree, but if I could go back, I probably would have got a degree in kinesiology and probably went ahead and got my certifications for teaching. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that I was kind of behind the eight ball on because I didn't get that degree. So just make sure that you're sure about what you want to do. And obviously, you know, you stick to that. Um, so, you know, uh, long story short, I graduate and it took me a little bit to find a job. It took me about six to eight months. But thank God, you know, Sandra Russian got the job. I literally went and met her, her, her press conference, gave her a packet that had a resume in it. My resume didn't have anything on it except <laughs> that I played ball. <laughs> but, but she said that she hired me because I came to her, I shook her hand, looked her in the eye, and I told her how bad I wanted to work for her. And she said from the moment that, that she spoke with me, she knew that I would be a hard worker. And the rest is history. That's their, so, that's their, that's their passion. Like you took from being on the court. And then you transferred it to, you know, the next thing that you was going to do. And exactly. uh, you, you coached there, like you said, for four years. But you end up coaching your sister. So you, you go from playing with your sister all your life, and then you end up coaching her. So how did you, you know, differentiate things, you know, with, with being a sibling? But no, I'm your coach now. So how did that work? Right. So I definitely had to kind of draw the line a little bit as far as not really being away from my sister, but being away from some of my other teammates um, just because I felt like I had to I had a standard that I had to meet to continue to thrive and grow in the coaching world so I couldn't really mix the two even though sometimes I wanted to because they were still friends um, but I had to I had to just you know decide to be a grown-up and I had to step over to the other side and I had to put my head down and work in the coaching world but as far as coaching them 
it was actually pretty smooth because, you know, I was the point guard on the court when I played with them. So I was pretty much like a, a coach on the court. So my job was to encourage them. And, you know, if they made some mistakes, try to help them through it, which was the same thing I did as a point guard. So coaching them was pretty smooth. I know that was interesting. I mean, <laughs> it was. definitely, it, I, I knew it was. Sometimes where, where things would happen and I'd feel a certain way about it, but I couldn't, you couldn't really say anything. You know, I'm, I'm just not getting in the coaching world. So it's like, I can't really step on any toes, you know? Mm -hmm. So there were some things that, that happened that I was just kind of like, eh. but you know, I had to, you know, whoever you're working for, you got to support them. If, yeah. you don't, if you don't support them, then you need to find something else. Exactly. You might not even have that job no more. So you, yeah, you got to understand it. You got to understand <laughs> it. So you, yeah. you, you coach those four years, you know, um, you coach in college and then you decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and coach high school. So, Talk about the complete 360 you took for sure, because I know that that was completely different. You know, basketball-wise, it was completely different. In college, you can build your team. You go out and you recruit players. At high school, what you, what you have is what you have. So I think it definitely challenged me as a coach to um, get in the gym and just put that extra work in. You know, we had skills and drills, individuals, team practices, whatever we need to do to skill these kids up and get them ready to play ball. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing for me was the basketball was great. We won games. Everything was great. Um, but like I said, the biggest thing for me was the impact that I feel like I had on those kids. You know, there's there's kids there that I still talk to to this day. Um, they would call me and, and ask me things before they would ask their parents. And I'm like, I am not your parent. You got to <laughs> ask, your, ask your actual parent. But uh -huh. they actually look at kids like a second mom. Like some of them to this day, when they call me or text me or anything like that, they refer to me as mom. And so, you know, I just really appreciated the impact that I feel like I made on those kids. And some of the kids, when I got there, I don't feel like some of them probably would have went to college. And I'm not trying to say that I'm the reason they went, but I do feel like I'm a small reason in inspiring them to want more for their future. You know, a lot of kids, they graduate and they just stay in those small towns and, and, and they go to work, which is fine. But I knew that these kids were smart. I knew that these kids were capable and I wanted to push them to see that there is more to life outside of South Arkansas. Now you can come back if you want to. Mm -hmm. I always told them that you can come back home if you want to, but I don't want you to be at home because you have to, there's a difference. So no. I just wanted them to realize there was so much more out there and just to go out there and, and go to school or go find a trade and, you know, just work towards your future. You see, that's, that's a blessing, you know, to have people like that. Cause I feel like I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I haven't gotten into that field yet. But um, I'm from the same small area and, you know, same stuff that's going on down there is going, down, uh, going on down here. You know, where kids don't see that tunnel, that light at the end of the tunnel. They don't see, like, for me, a professional athlete or just somebody that they can look up to that's been there. Like, you played college, so they're like, okay, my coach did. You know, she's telling me stuff. I, I can't believe her because she's did it. Like, you right. know, a lot of kids, when their parents tell them stuff, ah, man, I ain't trying to hear that, you know. But they hear a different voice. Yeah, and I was even honest with them about my past mistakes because sometimes kids will look at you and they say, oh, you won four state championships. You won a championship in college. You won a championship as a coach. And, and, and they look at you and they think that you have this perfect life. My life is far from perfect. I've made multiple mistakes. And mm -hmm. I made that known to my kids to don't look at someone and say, okay, they have all these accolades. They're this, they're that. It was just handed to them. Nothing has ever been handed to me. I stressed to them that the only way that you're going to get what you want out of life is just to put your head down and work hard, work hard, believe that you can do it and never let anybody stop you from achieving your goals. And I feel like 
Um, you know, when I got there, I feel like some of the kids were weak mentally. Um, mm. I do. And I, I feel like after I left, I feel like they, they, they had grown so much that you know me, bro, and you know that I'm not really a crier like that. But whenever I told those kids that I was leaving, I cried like a baby. <laughs> Cried like a baby because those kids meant so much to me. Elder Ray meant so much to me. So it was definitely hard for me to walk away. I know you got attached. And uh, we, we, we'll move from, you know, you walking away. We can take it from there. So, you know, you, you end up walking away because a great opportunity presented itself. Um, especially, you know, for where you are right now. That's where you are right now. So explain to me how, you know, the whole situation ended up going, getting to Arkansas State and, um and you getting now, after one year, getting appointed to associate head coach. That's major. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, obviously I played for Coach Matt Daniel. And he randomly hit me up and was like, I want you to come work for me. And I was like, you know, he was retired. He wasn't coaching. So I was like, where? <laughs> You're not even coaching. And he was like, I, I just kind of feel like I'm going to get this job in, in college. And so I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and that's just me being honest. You know, so I didn't really think much about it. Well, Two, three weeks later, I saw him post that he got the head job at Arkansas State. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and he called me. He said, you know, you, you were my point guard. You're somebody that I trust. You're somebody that I know will be loyal and work hard, someone that's good. So I want you to come help me build this thing. And so, you know, be honest with you, I had to think about it because I was really enjoying where I was at El Dorado. I had a group coming up that were going to be in the ninth grade, ninth and 10th graders that I felt like were really good. And I feel like had I stayed here in the next year or two, we probably would have been able to be in the running for a state championship. So it was mm -hmm. hard for me to walk away from that. But on the flip side of it, you look at this opportunity, you say, okay, do you stay in El Dorado, you know, and do that and, and maybe get stuck? Or do you take this risk, this opportunity, this leap of faith, and just go see what happens? And so, you know, after praying about it, um, I decided to, you know, go to Arkansas State. And, you know, I, I get here and, you know, things were great. Um, we had a really good team. We just, for whatever reason, you know, we weren't able to, to do, you know, what we wanted to do this year. But like I said, we lost a couple staff members, so we, we were short-staffed and, you know, I had to do a lot of extra work that I typically wouldn't do. And I think that that showed Matt that, you know, I don't feel like I'm above anything. I'll sweep a floor. Yeah. I'll do the lunch. I'll do whatever. You know, I, I, I don't – I'm not like that. I don't, whatever I need to do to help the team, I'll do. And, you know, uh, Coach Coronica Williams got the head coaching job at Forest City. Shout out to her. And so when that happened, he immediately called me and said, I'm going to bump you up to a social head coach. So that's kind of how it happened. That's crazy how, how things work work itself out. But um, that's just a testament from your hard work way back from being a player. That's what I'm saying. Like, you you had that from way back then, and you carried it over to the next profession and the next thing that you're doing. So, um, you know how I feel and how happy I am for you. And I wish you the best, you know, for the future, especially, I mean, and, and going into right now, like COVID going on, how mm – -hmm. Are y'all going about the recruiting? How's recruiting and, and any advice, you know, to, to some recruits that's trying to get recruited, especially, I mean, in general, but in this time, mm -hmm. they're not going to tournaments. They're not playing in front of, yeah. in front of coaches and stuff like that. So, you know, you got anything about you know, that? Yeah. So it's definitely been weird um, for us because by this time we would have, you know, May and April, uh, we would have been to several tournaments by now and, and actually seen these kids in person. Uh, we would be having official visits right now. So we hadn't been able to do any of that. 
So basically what we what we've been doing is we've been doing virtual visits. So basically we send them a Zoom and you know we all log on it's the coaches and the parents and the recruit and we share a screen and we kind of take them on a virtual visit of our campus. We show them our facilities, where they'll stay, talk about basketball, talk about academics, the whole nine yards. Um so that's been cool, but you know there's nothing like, you know, those kids being on campus, but you just have to do what you have to do during this time. Um, my advice to kids, if you want to be seen, honestly, right now, send the film. Um, literally, and this is me being honest with you, we've actually offered some kids because they sent us film. Um, so get your film together, get your highlights, get some game films, get them together and send them to the coaches that you want to see them. I promise you they're looking at them. We don't have anything else to do right now, but look at me. So get your film together. Send them to the schools that you're interested in, and who knows, one of them may pick you up. I hope, I hope, kids or any listeners that's listening, if you got kids and you're listening, um, do that. You got to market yourself. You know, these days we have the opportunity to market ourselves. Uh, when we was growing up, it wasn't it wasn't social media, so you couldn't just go out there and like, oh yeah, this this a highlight of me. And you just you right. know, you just you just look at it. It, it just yeah, wasn't like that. Back when we were playing, things would be a lot different. Exactly, like our stories. <laughs> Our stories could be completely different. You never know where you end Absolutely. up or anything. So um, hope kids, you know, and parents, whoever's listening, you know, take take heed of that and, and get on top of that. You know, don't don't be shy to send a film of yourself or just reaching out to a coach. I mean, coaches, are, they're not going to just be like, oh, don't 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 reach out to me. That's that's not how it's going to go. No, so, not uh, at all. And, and if parents don't feel comfortable reaching out, have the high school coach do it. Have the AAU coach do it. I cannot tell you how many calls I get from AAU coaches and high school coaches, and I take every one of them. Because just like you guys are searching, I'm searching. Mm -hmm. Schools are searching. We're all searching. So don't be afraid to send out that film or make a phone call. Definitely, definitely don't. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll transition, you know, last thing. So, you know, women's and, and men's sports, okay, they're always going to be different. I mean, women play mm -hmm. basketball, men play basketball, yes. We all know this. Um, men get compensated, especially in the NBA, at an unbelievable, crazy rate. You know, uh, guys making right. hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I know a lot of WNBA players voicing, you know, their opinions on that they should be compensated. I mean, not the same because revenue and, and different things that the NBA do and TV uh, deals and stuff, that allows them to pay a lot of these players all this money. But um, they're starting to move into the right direction. Of, uh, of getting these women compensated so they, a lot of them don't have to go overseas like a lot right. of these top players have to go just to get, you know, what they're worth, millions of dollars. Like, a lot of them are worth that. So, um, Absolutely. What, what's your take on that? You're like, you know, uh, of course, they can't get compensated the same, but what you think, you know, that they should be, you know, paid more for sure, I think. Yeah, I think they should definitely pay more, but we have to look at the positive and say they are making strides. Mm -hmm. um, so shout out to the WNBA for making those necessary strides because now, you know, if they have a baby, they're compensated. They weren't being compensated before that. That's something different from a man. You know, a man can have a child and keep playing. A woman can't. Um, so, you know, that those are things that are being put into place. I think that's going to help the future. And to be honest with you, I think it's going to continue to grow because I think women's basketball is getting better in a sense of, I don't want to say flashy, but, but, but it's more interesting now. We could girls can shoot shoot the lights out 
You know, we're making those nice passes, those nice moves. You know, girls are starting to, and I don't want to say play like men, but they're starting to kind of simulate kind of what men do. And they're dunking. They dunking now, yeah. sis. <laughs> I mean, some of them dunking. You know, so it's starting to be more exciting. It's starting to be more marketable. So I really feel like it's just going to continue to grow. I would love for them to make, you know, millions of dollars and millions of dollars. But the thing is, we have to get, we have to get the audience. You know, you get the audience, you can make more money. And I, I really feel like it's getting to that point where they will make more because it is more interesting uh, to watch in today's I, game. I totally agree. And I, um, I'd advocate for it, you know, in a heartbeat because uh, not just because I have two daughters and I look at that stuff like that, but just in general, like I love to watch women's basketball because I'm a basketball head and I like the fundamental part of it. Like the whole yeah. athleticism, running, jumping, dunking, that's cool. But when I can yeah. see a person like really got a handle and really, you know, can play, I love to watch it. And you, you know, you watch women's and basketball, that's, definitely getting that. And that's what I mean when I say, I mean, you see um, teams are even elevating in a way that, you know, they're not just running those boring motions anymore. We're, we're running NBA offenses. Like we run the flow offense at Arkansas state. So if we're doing that, imagine what the other schools are doing. We're allowing these girls to come off the pick and roll. We're allowing them to create. So it just makes it that much more interesting for the crowd. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? I said that was the last thing, but something just came to my mind. So uh, like I said, you know, women's basketball to me, I love it, but now you got a, a couple of these women, they're coaching the NBA now. Yeah. So if that ever came up to you, would you even do something like that? I sure would. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely would because I just think that that gives you an opportunity to see the game at a whole nother level. Um, and, and I think it would allow me to grow, you know, just to be around that, um, that type of play. You know, I've never been around men's basketball team, like, you know, actually being in their practices and being involved in it. So I think it, it couldn't do anything but grow, grow us. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, as a coach, you know, we're just as good in the X's and O's. We're just as good in the skill work. And so if you're afforded that opportunity, I say, why not take it? Man, I know it. Cause I, I see these, I see these ex players, ex great players, now they're getting these opportunities, like, they're showing, you know, we're we making strides in, in, in the world in general. And the cool thing is you're seeing them uh, take that jump and going to be an NBA coach, but then coming back and being head coaches in the women's game. Yeah. Um, just like uh, I just drew a blank. Uh, the head coach in Notre Dame right now, uh, Coach Ivy. Okay. She was a coach at Memphis for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then Notre Dame's head coach stepped down and she immediately went and took on that head coaching job. Wow. So I think it was great for her to go get that experience. And now she's going to be able to take the experiences that she learned from the NBA and apply it to Notre Dame, which mm -hmm. I think is really cool. Super cool. Super dope. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming through. Thank you for coming on the show and, and just giving your, you, your, your experiences and all the stuff you've been through. I hope it shed a light on um, whoever, you know, the listeners and viewers that's, that's checking this podcast out that they could take a lot from it. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to say this real quick, you know, because, you know, obviously I got other ventures going on, but if I am still in college coaching in about 15, 16, 17 years old, I'm going to just go ahead and put it out there. You know, I believe in manifestation that I will be recruiting Ava and Amia Richard. <laughs> you might not even have to recruit them that hard. <laughs> <laughs> they will they will be playing, I guarantee you that. They will I just be playing. I want to put that 
out there. So years later, we can look back at this. <laughs> oh, man, we definitely gonna check it out. Uh, like I said, thank you, thank you again so much, man. Um, I'm so proud of you and all that you're doing, and I continue to wish you the best with everything. I support you. We support you a thousand. Thank you. And I'm, I'm definitely proud of you. You know, shout out to you, player of the year and all of the accolades that you got this year. I just really feel like God is blessing our family and the sky is the limit for us. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting your head down and working the way you're doing. And I'm just excited to see what God has for you all as well. Will do. Thank you so much. So uh, at the end of the show, I throw this out there, you know, uh, the viewers and listeners, they know it. They know what it is. I just be like, let it fly, baby. <laughs> That's what I say. Let it fly. <laughs> God bless everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the LIF podcast with Pat. Pat.